messaging is excellent and your perceived value is higher than your competitors and you can charge 25 or 30% more, then you, you, you pack it on there too. Hey everyone, this is Norm Ferrar, aka The Beard Guy here, and welcome to another Lunch with Norm, the e-commerce and Amazon FBA podcast. Today we're going to be discussing how to expand your Amazon business outside of Canada. We have this question coming up quite a bit. So for all you Canadian listeners, we're going to show you how. The problems, we're also going to be discussing the problems Canadian sellers have, best practices, and uh, how currency exchange rates impact international financial transactions. That's a big one. All right, welcome to another Lunch with Norm, the e-commerce and Amazon FBA podcast. All right, our guest today is the founder and CEO of Loop. He's coming from a family of entrepreneurs and small business owners. He has an act, oh man, acute awareness of the challenges uh, small business owners face, and he's an advocate for banking reform. He has pioneered low-cost fund, uh, funding methods for SMBs and helped provide more than $100 million to businesses across the country. Today, we're going to welcome Cato Pastol, and he's the first-time guest. But first, a word from our sponsor. This episode of Lunch with Norm is sponsored by VAA Philippines. Looking for a high-quality virtual assistant for your business? With the rigorous screening, intensive Amazon and Walmart training, and ongoing professional development, get the peace of mind with skill and motivated virtual assistance for a long-term working relationship. Hire through VAA today, and now let's get back to the show. Cato. Hey, Norm. How's it going? Good. Do you like my vent? I loved your vent. I think, is it uh, true? It is true. You know what? Uh, I'm actually from England originally. I'm a Canadian now. I've been here for a long time, but we don't get people out to enough events here in Canada. So I'm I'm with you. We need we need more in person stuff going on. I put out. <coughs> excuse me. I'm going to try to mute. I've just got a cough. I put out messages in our ASM group. There's 130 people um, in the past, just letting them know of events that are coming up. And oh, do you want to have a meeting? And I'll get three people, you know, like we, uh, uh, Victoria is another one. She's, she goes to everything. So she knows who I'm talking about. And we've got a, a few people that will meet. Marina listens to the podcast, Tony, but very, very few people take advantage of it. And then they wonder why there's no big events here in Toronto, you know, with, with your company or with, there's a lot of rock solid companies in the Toronto space, like I'm talking carbon sixes in Toronto, yeah, you know, and I've, I've talked to carbon six, they would sponsor an event. But the problem is if you can't get the people out to the event, how can you bring on 10 speakers or something like that? For sure. Oh, <laughs> Tony, I recommended loop. All right, Tony, you get brownie points. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Tony. Anyways, let's get into this. Uh, we're talking about Canada today, and that got me on my rant. But, you know, people have, uh, a lot of people are either trying to sell in Canada or um, there's Canadian sellers uh, uh, that are trying to sell, um, uh, just a sec here. 
getting messages and I, I trying to silent them. But mm -hmm. uh, there's other sellers that are trying to sell into the U.S. And Tony or anybody here, if you can uh, message Victoria, um, she was she's wanted to hear this information. Uh, she just asked me about it. She just wrote me a long email. And I knew you were coming on. So I thought, okay, well, you can answer all these questions. But um, yeah, there, there's a big problem in Canada. And I've run into it. I've hired a lot of um, tax consultants and lawyers. And then you have to do it on the other side of the fence. You know, it, it, hopefully we can get through that today. So what are some of the problems that like Canadian sellers are running into when they're, uh, when they're starting their Seller Central account? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I'll, I'll start off. Thanks, thanks for the question, Norman. I'm, I'm sure we'll get into a lot more more detail. I'll start off at a high level in terms of like sure. what are some of the things originally that you should consider. I mean, I think in the beginning, thinking about the Canadian market versus the U.S. market, you know, U.S. market is ten times the size of the Canadian market in terms of consumers and consumer demand. So it's obviously a very, you know, it's so close. It's you know, in some in some cases, we're five minutes from the border, depending on where you live. Yeah. Um, but yet, uh, sometimes we struggle to access that consumer market, despite how, how close they are proximity wise. And so, you know, what, what we're on a mission of is, is trying to make that a lot easier, making it a lot easier for companies to sell into the United States. And so first thing is it's a big market, but that being said, it's, there's still some key differences. There's differences in terms of the consumers, you know, the way the, the language and terminology that consumers might use. So you've got to kind of consider when you're selling a product into the U.S., how do you best position your product for that particular market? You've got to consider the logistics. And, you know, for Amazon, for an FBA seller, obviously a lot of that headache gets taken out, but you still got to figure out how do you get your product from Canada down into, into the United States. Um, and then you've got to figure out, you know, a number of other kind of compliance issues, which tend to be product specific, right? So depending on the product category and you know, if you're in food versus apparel, lots of different things that you, that you might want to consider when selling into the U.S. So what we're trying to do, and, and we'll kind of get into this, is try to minimize the number of things that a business has to think about when trying to get their product down uh, into the United States so they can tap into and access that market and set up their Amazon Seller Central account uh, more, more easily. Yeah. Oh, before I forget, because I'm old, where are you? <laughs> physically where am i right now well where are you in canada oh uh, we're we're so our company is based in toronto uh we're downtown toronto so i'm I'm sitting at our office right now we're at uh, spadina and adelaide oh, okay uh, downtown um but we we obviously work with businesses all across canada from coast to coast oh, okay because kelsey said uh you know just down the street and i was wondering you can't be in innisville <laughs> <laughs> So, well, we were, we were actually, Kelsey and I were talking about Innisfil earlier. Uh, I spent a decent amount of time uh, on my weekends up in Innisfil. So, so I am maybe just down the street when I'm up there. Oh, okay. Very good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, these hurdles, uh, and I don't, I know like this is legal and accounting. Uh, we have to be very careful of, you, you know, I don't want to, uh, tell anybody any legal advice or accounting advice. Um, you know, that's not what I am, but I can tell you a little bit about my opinion and what I did, but, um, setting up like right now, we've always had a problem with setting up, or the question is, do you set up a U.S. account or do you set up a Canadian account? Now I like to hear what your opinion is because I'll tell you what the legal team that I went to told me and the way that I've set it up, but go ahead. Yeah, 
Um, so, you know, as you said, I can't give legal advice either. And every business is different. So I have to caveat what I'm saying by, you know, there's different solutions for different businesses. It's not right. a one size fiddle answer. Um, what we try to do, so what, what Loop offers is we actually can give a domestic U.S. bank account to Canadian sellers. So what that means is like we can actually give you a local account with an account number and a routing number. So you can receive your payouts from Amazon directly into that account in the United States. Um, why that's beneficial is your money is then stored locally in the United States rather than having it be moved back into Canada. So if you have vendors down in the U.S., you have expenses to pay in the U.S., or even if you want to send your money to, let's say, a supplier in China from the United States, instead of it going from the U.S. back to Canada, back to China, and then over to your supplier, it can just stay locally in the United States, and then you can move the money out when it's time and when you're ready. So that, that's kind of one big benefit of keeping the account in the United States versus managing it in, in Canada. Um, that I would definitely advocate, you know, people would look into when, when they're considering their setup. The other big benefit as well is uh, you can do what's called natural hedging. Um, so one of the big risks of selling, you know, building your business outside of Canada is you're dealing with different currencies and currency exchange rates can change. Uh, you know, so the, the rate that you know, you're paying for a, a U.S. dollar to convert into Canadian dollar or, or for a British pound or a euro to convert into Canadian dollar change on a, you know, minute by minute, hour by hour basis. And so if you are able to keep your money locally to that market, that eliminates and, and minimize the amount of times that you're moving money back and forth between the different markets. It, it reduces the amount of financial risk that you have in your business. Um, so those are kind of like, I guess, two big points I would advocate for in terms of why you might want to consider having a local account uh, in another market versus operating everything out of Canada, for example. Yeah, and... If the information is still the same, uh, Amazon was charging 4% for that transfer. Like, they, And I don't know if it's still that way, but it was four points. Yeah. It's anywhere. Dollars. Yeah. That's a lot of money, right? A yeah. lot of money. It is. I, I mean, so it's it's anywhere where what we see is anywhere from 2 to 4%. But, you know, even 2% is still a ton of money as well. Um, and so, yeah, on, on as you're saying, you know, you're making a million dollars revenue. You know, that's $20,000 to $40,000. It's just poof disappears on, on fees. So, you know, why not keep that for yourself and use yeah. that in growing your business, right? So with Loop, can you get a, a debit card? So you can get a local account. We can do even better. Uh, we can we can give you a local account in the United States. So we can give you like local account details. And we can actually give you a what's called a multi-currency credit card. Uh, what a multi-currency credit card allows you to do, and this is big if you're using, for example, Amazon advertising uh, or maybe some third-party shipping providers where you need to use a credit card for purchases. A, a multi-currency credit card lets you spend and repay in different currencies. So if you use your loop credit card to spend in U.S. dollars, you can use your U.S. dollar revenue to pay your U.S. dollar expenses. Therefore, no FX is happening. You're basically earning money in U.S. dollars and spending it in U.S. dollars. And we do that in the U.S., uh, the U.K., and Europe. So if you want to open up your Amazon seller accounts in any of those markets, we can basically give you both a local account to earn that money into, and we can also give you a credit card that lets you spend money in any of those currencies too. Yeah, I think that's uh, a, also a great way for beginners or people who have never had a U.S. account to start building their credit score in the States. Yeah, I know I've done that with uh, credit cards in the past in the States. And as long as you have a little bit of credit now, 
you can go out and you can get a Verizon account or get whatever it is. It could be small amounts, but all of this uh, does increase your credit score when you want to go out and buy things. If you, if you ever end up down in the States having a U.S. office or any, anything like that. Yeah. I mean, one thing that we, we're trying to change about the way that credit is looked at is uh, too many times people are looked at based on their personal credit solely. Mm-hmm. So a lot of credit card products in the market today are evaluated based on your personal credit, right? Like, so, you know, if, if you, Norm, are, are opening something up, whether it's in Canada, you want to get a credit card to run your business expenses through, they'll look at your personal history and they'll they'll also uh, impact your personal credit score if you're spending a lot on that card, even if it's for business purchases. Um, our, our products are all business products. Um, so the benefit of that is we're actually looking at your business sales and your business performance to set credit limits. How what that then translates into for a business owner is higher credit limits on average because usually your sales for a business might be a lot more than your personal income. So we can set you know your credit limits that you can actually spend uh, based on your business performance, not based on your personal you know side of things. And secondly, no negative impacts on your personal credit score. So we also don't you know impact your you know, just because you're using a lot of credit for your business. Uh, shouldn't preclude you from doing things personally, like being able to buy a house or get a loan. And so the products that we have are true business products, which means that, you know, that credit history is tied to your business rather than to you personally. And and to what you were just saying, the great benefit of that is that your business is growing. That's then going to get reported into your business credit bureau. And so that's going to show the, you know, for many business owners, the first time some business track record from a credit perspective, because a lot of business owners, especially Amazon sellers, may not have any formal business credit uh, right. established. Well, here I go. I'm going to cough again. So just a sec. It's okay. I can talk for you. No, no worries. <laughs> I told you you'd be doing most of the talking this episode. So, <laughs> okay. So what are some of the uh, key considerations uh, what you have to think about when transferring money? Um, like cross border. Yeah. So, um, you know, a lot, a lot of companies might, might sell through multiple channels. Um, and so your, your, your vendor, if you're selling on Amazon, your Amazon's going to process your payout. Um, and like I was kind of saying earlier, what you want to do when Amazon is processing your payout is you're going to want to receive that money locally in the United States. So, the, way, the only way to do that is by having a local U.S. account. Um, and so the account details there would be called what's referred to as an account number and a routing number. Um, in Canada, we have uh, transit numbers uh, and yeah. account numbers for those Canadians who are listening who, who've kind of heard of the Canadian banking details. So it's slightly different banking information. But what that means is that you have a local account um, in the United States. Uh, I'll also just quickly share, for example, uh, in uh, Europe, if you're selling uh, if you're a European seller account, you'll need what's called like an IBAN, uh, which is a European uh, type account number. And you'll be able to receive money into your account uh, through that IBAN number. So first consideration is, do you have a local account for the money, for the market that you're selling your product into? The second consideration is, do you have a good way to convert money back into your domestic currency? Because like you were saying, Amazon can charge 2 to 4% um, when they convert your money for you. And, and that's not just Amazon. A lot of different yeah. marketplaces and payment processors do that. So using a better foreign exchange provider that can charge you know, 0.2% or 0.4% 
much lower rates than Amazon is going to save you quite a lot of money when you're doing foreign exchange. Um, so, you know, when you've earned your money, whether it be in US dollars, euros, pounds, and then you want to convert it to pay a vendor or you just want to bring it back into your account in Canada to pay yourself or pay for some local expenses, you want to do that at the best possible exchange rate. So receive money locally and then make sure that you're converting at the best rates. And three, only convert what you need to convert. So, you know, if you are earning money in another currency and you might have expenses in that currency, for example, you want to use it in a credit card, don't convert it back from U.S. to Canadian and then Canadian back to oh my U.S. God. You're paying that fee twice, right? Yeah. Um, and, and again, a lot of people, like, they're doing it because they just don't know that now they're paying 8%. Yeah. <laughs> you got it, yeah. Um, so, you know, and, and I see, I speak to too, so many business owners every week um, who are paying 8% because they didn't know that there was a way for them to avoid doing that. They didn't know that it was possible to get a U.S. account and a U.S. credit card. So they didn't have to do all that conversion back to and from, uh, you know, whether it be the U.S., the U.K. or Europe. Um, so that's a, that's a big you know, piece of advice financially I would share with anyone expanding internationally is make sure you get your financial infrastructure right. Otherwise, you're just going to be losing a lot of money in fees. Okay, so um, we're talking Canada, but can your service be used in other countries? Uh, yeah, so right now we can support incoming payments for companies uh, in the United States, uh, in the United Kingdom, um, so US, UK, and then all of Europe. So any anywhere in Europe that you're earning money. So you can basically use us to set Amazon seller accounts up today in any of those markets. Um, then on the outgoing, so that's receiving money. If you want to send money out, for, so for example, you want to send money to China or India, or Philippines, Indonesia, um, we can facilitate payments to 180 different countries worldwide. So you, we, we, you can actually use us to pay most of your suppliers all around the world. Uh, and the best part of that is that we don't charge any fees on outgoing payments. Most of the banks will charge between $25 and $100. For yeah, an you don't charge payment. anything. Correct, yeah. Wow. So, so, you know, if you're making a couple payments a month, that can really add up. Like you can be spending thousands of dollars on bank fees a year. Yeah, that's that's incredible. So the way that you're making it, so most of my payments in the U.S. are ACH. Yeah. The if I'm making it uh, wherever uh, overseas, is usually some form of bank wire, international bank wire. Is it the same way? Is that how you're doing it? So we we do something cooler than that. All right. <laughs> what we do, and this is how we keep the cost low for you is we actually send that payment via local transfer in the other market. So let's say you're paying someone in Europe. Uh, we send it through the SEPA network, which is like the, their EFT or ACH, right? So they have it like, you know, most countries have their own local payment uh, rails that they use, you know, for, for domestic payments. So what we've done is we've made it possible for you as a Canadian business to send money to your vendors in other markets through their local payment rails. Uh, it's cheaper, it's faster, and it's more reliable. So, for example, if you send money to the UK, uh, you can actually, uh, payments there are instant. So they, they have something called the Faster Payments Network where you can send money instantly. So if you're sending money to a vendor in the UK, you, they get that money right away uh, because we're sending it through through an instant transfer versus if you if you went to a bank and did it, they'd be manually keying in the details uh, and they would send it through something called SWIFT, which is essentially a, a legacy payment network for international transfers. So we're modernizing that and allowing people to send money locally through local payment rails, which, like I said, is cheaper, faster uh, and, and oftentimes more secure. 
All right. Um, <clears throat> I was just going to say, what was I going to say? Anyways, I do have a question between what you're doing right now and will it affect, will anything be affected in July when Fed, uh, Fed now comes into play? Good question. Uh, I mean, it's our plan to also allow our customers to uh, benefit from Fed now. Um, the, you know, in most cases, I would say that there'll be a relatively limited impact on businesses because even right now, um, they have same day ACH in the U S so, so we do have kind of same day clearing and settlement for payments in the U S whereby you can receive your payout same day. Um, so, so what we've done in the infrastructure that we've built to allow, you know, Canadians to sell in the U S actually already solves a lot of the, the problems around getting your money faster. Um, you know, we, one additional point I would add around having a Canadian account that you're transferring to is it not only is it more expensive, like not only do they charge the fee, it's also slower. So it also mm. actually takes money. So it takes time when, when you move the money from the U S back to Canada. And that's another benefit that we have by giving you a local U S account that's plugged into the local U S payment rail. So you'll get the benefits of things like same day ACH or fed now in the United States, where you'll get those kind of more instantaneous payments versus the you know cross-border way where it can take a few days for your money to settle. Okay, very good. All right. <clears throat> it's the bottom of the hour. Should almost get Kelsey to say this. Kelsey, why don't you take this over? All right. So it's time for the Wheel of Kelsey. Uh, this is our giveaway we do every single episode. So Cato, if you want to just explain what we're giving away today, um, I'll let everyone know how people can enter after. Absolutely. Yeah. So we have uh, the way that Loop works. It's a, it's a free to sign up product. So anyone can sign up and use Loop. Uh, but we have subscription plans. So we have uh, a plan called Loop Plus um, that you can basically pay a monthly fee to be able to access. Um, what Loop Plus does is it actually gives you access to further discounted fees on foreign exchange, as well as a number of other benefits like uh, high reward points on your credit card spend and more. Um, and so what we're offering here today is, is part of the Wheel of Kelsey is, uh, is six months free uh, to the winner to Loop Plus. So whoever is the, the lucky winner here today will actually get a six month um, free period of, of using the Loop Plus product, um, which not only gives you access to better services, it also really reduces your fees uh, when you're transacting cross-border. All right. Awesome. And uh, if you want to check out Loop um, beforehand, it's getloop.ca. Is that correct? You got it. Yeah. I think it's in uh, in my name here as well. But yeah, you can check it out at getloop.ca. I see. I see sneaky, it. sneaky guy. There you All go. Right. <laughs> All, right. All right. Let's head to a commercial. So before that, um, to enter, just write hashtag Wheel of Kelsey in the comment sections. Um, I'll be adding them to the wheel. And at the end of today's episode, uh, we'll spin it and let you know who the winner is. So um, get your answer or get your comments or get your hashtags in. And we're going to head over to a ad. We'll be right back. This episode of Lunch with Norm is sponsored by SureGo Marketing. Ready to take your brand to the next level on TikTok and Instagram? SureGo Marketing specializes in helping entrepreneurs and coaches build profitable brands on TikTok and Instagram and in less than 90 days. With SureGo Marketing, you can build your brand, create incredible video content, and increase leads without spending a single dime on ad spend. Visit SureGoMarketing.com today and elevate your brand. Now, let's get back to the show. All right. Uh, Kato, uh, are there any 
cash back, back rewards or anything like that with the card? Yes, there are. Um, so we have a points program. Um, and essentially, so when you use our credit card to spend, uh, you get points on purchases. Uh, and those points can be redeemed for things like travel and gift cards, etc. So you can redeem those for kind of things that, that have monetary value associated with them. Um, and so the, the way that that works is every time you spend in any currency, you earn points. Uh, many credit cards, particularly like foreign credit cards, don't uh, earn you any points on spend. So you actually don't don't get points or, or cash back on those transactions. But our card allows you to earn that both on Canadian spend, but also foreign currency spend as well. So that's kind of one of the one of the things that a lot of sellers like is that they're getting you know a benefit as well when they're using their card for things like Amazon advertising or for shipping and postage, etc. Now I, I remember what I was going to say. Uh, so for us that are paying Chinese, we yes. we don't want to pay in U.S. dollars. We know that there's a hedge, you know, there as well. Can you pay in RMB? Yeah, I'm, thanks for asking that. You can uh, with Loop. Uh, I believe we're one of the only products that not only offers free payments uh, in RMB, so you can send send money to RMB for free. We also have no limit on money send there. So a lot of platforms that I've seen historically have uh, have limits on how much you can send per transaction. So sometimes people have to queue up several transactions to be able to send in RMB. Uh, we can send you know high tick high high dollar values for those that are paying uh, you know for large amounts. And you're uh, again absolutely you know hit the nail on the head there. Um, you know there is definitely a way to reduce your costs by paying. Uh, that market in RMB versus paying in, in oh, US yeah. dollars. And that's something that I, I try to tell any customers that we're working with, you know, ask your ask your vendors what their pricing is uh, in RMB because you might be able to save quite a lot of money that way. Yeah, and quite a lot of money uh, can, it can be as high as 15, but it's usually between five and 10%. Yeah. So five and 10%, then you add the 4% or 8%. Yeah. I mean, people always ask, about, you know, how can people sell at this rate or how can you be more successful? A lot of the times the profit is in the sourcing. And yeah. if you're, if you're turning around and you're saving not only the 8%, uh, literally, like you, let's just take that, you know, from Canadian uh, to whatever back. Um, so you've got, you, you've got two touch points, which is 4% each. Then you can cut down your costs by dealing with your supplier and don't get prices in U.S. dollars when this happens because they're, the hedge is already there. They'll just convert it over to RMB, but get it in RMB first and then uh, you'll be saving. It could be 5%. So just in that, you've saved 13%. Now, um, if you listen to the podcast, so hopefully we have a lot of people that are regular listeners. If you're, if you're working with uh, your Chinese supplier, and you, they might be, and they always do, 80% of the suppliers uh, quote the wrong HTS code. So H, HS code, uh, HS code that they, if you're going to the US, it's HTS, and they usually quote it wrong. We found 80%. So if you talk to Afalabi and you say, oh, give me a quote there, we've, you could save another four, five, 10, the complete Trump tariff sometimes. And then you wonder why your competitors are doing better or how you can just kill your competitors on price. Just these three points, those three simple points. It's crazy. Yeah. So anyways, uh, that's just a reason that I, I would uh, like, uh, 
I do use foreign exchange. I have a foreign exchange bank. Um, they don't offer a debit card or anything like that or a credit card, but I am definitely going to give you a call um, and uh, just talk more about your product because I think it's fantastic. Now it's not just for Canada. You don't have to be a Canadian citizen to open up. If like, if I was in the UK and I wanted to use loop, could I? Uh, to, today we're only working with Canadian based companies. Uh, we, we definitely do plan to expand. Okay, you are the CEO, right? I am the CEO. Yeah. All right. So you know what my next question is? <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah. Expand. Yeah. There's a lot of people out there. Yeah. There's probably a lot of compliance issues, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, look, we, we can do it. I mean, think, you know, and, and we will. We definitely are planning to, to you know, offer our services to U.S. businesses, UK businesses. So, so absolutely, we're, we're excited to do that. And, and a lot of them have these similar issues, you know, converting into RMB, or if they want to expand it, you know, US businesses want to expand into the Euro- European market. They've got got like a lot of the same types of things that we've spoken about on this call or this podcast. But, um, you know, the, the reason we've stayed focused on Canada is one, we're, we're from here. And, and so we want to help out, you know, our, our domestic market first. And, and, and number two, we want to make sure that our product is really strong and really works very, very well for companies. We, we, we want our customers to not even have to think about our product. We want them to know that we are taking care of all their international finances for them. And so we're, we're working really hard to make sure that the product works as well as it possibly can before we, you know, go in and work on some other markets. And so if you're a Canadian business owner right now, you can be sure on we're 100 percent dedicated to making sure that you are successful. But uh, rest assured, if you're not in Canada, you know, we're, we're definitely planning to, uh, to, to to expand our presence outside as well. Very good. Um all right. I uh, wish I was Mark Cuban. Okay. Afalami found us a great HTS code. How much did you save? What was the percentage? You don't have to tell us, you know, your brand or your code or anything like that, but I'm just curious what, how much or percentage wise did, uh, did the tariff terminator save you? Okay. So let's just touch on another quick one. We we have touched on some of this, but what benefits can businesses expect when you're centralizing? Uh, <clears throat> sorry, bloody cough. What business? What benefit? Uh, Kelsey, can you uh, help me out here? <laughs> no, don't. I'm joking. I'm joking. Right. <laughs> I'm just trying to get this bloody question out, and then I start, you know, hacking away. But what benefits can businesses expect? from centralizing their financial information. Yep. Um, visibility and, and knowledge is a big part of that. Um, so, you know, for example, we were talking about, you know, the 4%, the 4% and the 8%, you know, and that adds up to 16%. Having everything in one place gives you a lot of visibility into where is money coming in, where is it going out? And so you can actually understand how much money are you making and what are your costs? Um, often I, I hear companies and business owners say, I want to make more money. I need to find more customers. And sometimes that's true, but oftentimes maybe you should look at your existing operations and understand where is the money actually going and centralizing that can help a lot and categorizing that information to be able to understand where is your money actually going out? How much are you paying in fees? What is your inventory cost? What is your cost of advertising, et cetera? And so using less financial providers. So instead of using five to 10 different financial providers, if you're using one, it's a lot easier to understand where's the money coming in and where's it going out. So that's like the main benefit in, in my view is just the, the visibility into, into the business. Second thing is it also reduces administrative work. 
you know, so mm. you know, just to give you some examples, like Loop is integrated into QuickBooks and Xero. So if you're using accounting platforms, um, sometimes you're using a whole bunch of different services and you're paying bookkeepers or you're spending your own weekends, you know, getting all your transactions together and trying to get them into place so you can get your financials or your taxes ready. Having everything in one place reduces the amount of time. And like I said, we've got direct integrations with accounting platforms. So you can actually have hours, days, weeks, savings um, in terms of time invested of managing transactions by doing it in one place versus, you know, using a bunch of different providers. So that's also one that people don't quantify often as much. Like, oh, I'll just add this one. Or I'll just do this. You know, I'll use this service provider. I'll, I'll use this person to, to pay this person. Um, but, you know, then it creates a lot of administrative headache on, on the back end. So that's why for us, it's, it's been really important to build everything that companies need in one place as opposed to just solving one piece of the puzzle. That's why we do the bank accounts. That's why we have the payments incoming, the payments outgoing, the currency exchange. So you can truly do all of that stuff in, in one place across all the countries that you operate in. Now, I, I don't know too much about Zero, but with um, QuickBooks, uh, we use the multi-currency uh, platform and the, it's just so handy. Like it, it, It's a real hassle if you have to go in and figure out the exchange rates, like if you're doing it on like for, for Canadians in Canadian dollars, or even if you're in the U S and you're uh, bringing in stuff, or if you're buying or selling in different dollars or currencies, but uh, I just want to go back. So I just took a look at the, um, the HTS or yeah, the HTS codes. And I want to give an example. So you're a seller going out in your sourcing. You negotiate and you get the best product. And I'm going to just stretch this out a bit. First of all, you negotiated with your supplier to do only the product, not the packaging. Okay. And because if you do the packaging, they're going to mark it up 30 points. Easy. Uh, they might mark it up 100%. So you always do that separately. But now you've got it. You get them to package it up for you. You've just saved 30 points on your packaging. So you're already ahead of the game. Then you use, to pay for this, you use uh, Loop and you get the 4 or 8%. You get the 5, let's just say 5%, but sometimes it's more than that because you're paying in local uh, currency. So now you're at 12%. And then I just looked and here's another 10.2% savings, okay, on the HTS. So now you're talking about 22% savings or 23% savings where the other, your competitor is not looking at it that way. You save that, you save it on the 30, you negotiate with your supplier later on. I mean, there's so much you can do to save money here to, to be ahead of the game. It's crazy and it's, it's there, but all you have to do is like get in tune with a mastermind or a group and understand cash flow. Yeah. And everybody talks about the number one reason why people fail. I don't think it's product selection. I think it's cash flow. You know, product selection is right in there, but those two things are the reason why people fail. Absolutely. You're, you're, you're spot on. That is, that is absolutely the, we, you know, we see businesses fail and that is, that is usually in most cases, reason number one is not not getting their finances in order, not getting their cash flow right. Um, and 
this is this stuff is boring to a lot of entrepreneurs and i get that like you know who wants to talk about numbers and percentages and finding a five percent here and four and eight and all that stuff like it does sound boring but it's so important like like you're saying if you're if your costs are 25 percent less than your competitor think about what you can oh my do gosh right when when you're selling your product and then you don't even start like if the packaging is excellent and your perceived value is higher than your competitors and you can charge 25 or 30 percent more then you, you you pack it on there too like there's there's just it, it's methodical but anybody even if it's a bloody plastic shoe stretcher and somebody's just throwing it up there and using the supplier's images and you go out there and you do this exact system, which we just talked about and put it in a nice package and it looks better. And I mean, if it's a crappy product, it's a crappy product. Um, but that crappy product can sell for a higher rate. Um, you know, but this is product selection again. But anyways, whatever niche you're in, you can be ahead of the game. You can not level the playing field. You can you can outweigh the playing field because of all these little, you know, one percent here, two percent there, four or five. We're not talking small amounts. You know, when you're talking eight percent turnaround on currency, that's crazy. You know, when you talk about ten percent on tariff codes, that's crazy. That's a lot of money. Now. I don't know, but let's say you bring in a container. That's a hell of a lot of money. You know, so anyways, just something to think about. I, I, I think we, like we've talked about the hedging. Do you want to get into that a, a little bit further about, um, you know, talking about what currency hedging is? Uh, we touched on it, but do you want to get deeper into that? Yeah. I mean, so like I'll, I'll try to give a very simple um, explanation here. So I, I sell in the U.S. market. Um, but let's just say my costs are in Canadian dollars, right? Like, let's say I'm sourcing locally in Canadian dollars. So if I, you know, if my product cost is a hundred Canadian dollars, um, and I'm selling that in the U S for a hundred U S dollars, you know, my call, my product cost is $77. Uh, and my, you know, my revenue is a hundred U S dollars. So I'm making, you know, $23 there, hundred, you know, 77 U S dollars is my cost, a hundred U S dollars is my revenue. Now, what could happen is let's say something changes, the Bank of Canada raises rates, the Canadian dollar becomes more expensive relative to the US dollar. Now, all of a sudden, you know, my product costs go up. The actual cost I'm paying my supplier hasn't changed, but the, the exchange rate between Canadian and US dollars has changed. And so now I'm paying $85 for what I used to be paying $77 for. And so I'm now making, you know, only $15 on something I previously was making $23 on. So that is a, a risk that businesses have. And there's kind of two ways to solve for that, or three ways to solve for it. Uh, one is you bake it into your, your margin. So you kind of bake the fluctuation in, but that's still risky because what if you don't bake enough of that fluctuation risk into your, into your product margin? The second thing is you can do something called buying forward contracts. So you can do, you know, kind of more complicated financial hedging it's complicated. It's expensive. It makes sense for very large businesses to do that are dealing in very high volumes. Um, but you know, for for a lot of uh, you know small to medium sized businesses, that type of strategy might not make sense. 
um, given how much time and cost comes comes into play to building out a hedging strategy, because you could probably need an advisor to help you build that. Right. And then, then there's option number three, which is what I call natural hedging, which is if I'm earning 100 US dollars of revenue, why not keep my money you know, in the currency that I'm actually paying for stuff in? So I convert the money at the time I own it into the currency that I need to pay for expenses in. So if that's in US dollars, I keep my US dollars in USD so that I know I'm not going to lose money on the currency exchange or fluctuation. So I basically lock my rate in at the point in time uh, when I need to, you know, basically or when I own that revenue and then I need to pay that expense. And so th- those are the kind of the three strategies that you could undertake. You could undertake, you know, multiple of them at the same time. But the reason currency hedging is expensive is, is that point I illustrated at the beginning, which is your product cost could change if currency exchange rates change. And so you need to, you know, basically try to minimize those fluctuations as much as possible. And one of the easiest ways to do that is naturally hedge, match your revenue and your expenses to be in the same currency. All right. Very good. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm curious, is it possible with your service? And I already, I think I know the answer. But can you act almost like a merchant account? Can you tie what you're doing? Like, let's say I'm selling uh, press releases and press releases are 300 bucks. Can I tie it in because you are accepting incoming payments as well as outgoing payments? Right. Uh, can, can I tie that into my, uh, my website? Yeah. I mean, so Loop is actually a bank account. Um, like, so, so you can actually open a U.S. dollar bank account um, with our product. So meaning like you can actually like you, you that you have a money account that you can actually store the money into. Um, so when when you when you collect that payment, that can go directly into into your loop account. Um, so, yeah, it's effectively like a, a storage account for your money. Um, so you, you can keep it there. And the account is also insured. So it's, it's FDIC insured as well. So meaning like your deposits in that account, like the money that are in that account are, are, are insured as well. Um, so th- that, that's, you know, you, there's a few ways you could get money into your loop account. The one is you give it to your payment processor. Yep. You know, so you give it to Stripe or somebody like that and they deposit it in. The second is you give it to your marketplace like Amazon and they put the money into your loop account. The third is loop can actually bill your customer for you. So like, let's say you, you're selling to a, a customer and you want to collect $10,000 from them. Loop can actually go out and pull that money uh, from your customer, obviously with their consent. You know, we basically say to your customer, you know, hey, Norm wants to bill you $10,000 for these services. Uh, you know, can we, can we pull this from your account? We do that via, you know, an EFT or an ACH. We debit your customer account for you. Uh, and then your money gets stored in, in your Loop account as well. So we can kind of do that uh, all three of those ways. Very good. Okay, Kels, what are the questions today? Okay, um, the first one uh, is from Neil, or I uh, wish I was Mark Cuban. Uh, he said, this is more of a statement, but we ordered a 20-foot container, and the product cost is about $11,000 USD. The tariff terminator saved us about 1650 USD just on this one order. So that's wow. kind of money you can save. So I'm going to post that link um, if you are interested. Just full transparency, it's from Honu Worldwide, which is... Like Norm, you are the co-founder of that, yep. so just full transparency. Um, but I'll post the link um, now, and we'll get into our first question. So, also from Neil, uh, we sent a TT to China about six weeks ago with BMO, and the fee was twenty-five dollars. Is your fee better than that? Yeah, um, 
Yes, in two ways. The first way is one, we don't charge a fee. So so that $25 would be $0 with us when you send a, uh, a transfer over to, to, uh, to China using Loop. The second way is what Norm and I were, were talking about earlier, which is uh, you could also get a rate in uh, RMB instead of USD. So it might be saving you a lot more than just that $25. Right. So at a minimum, we'll save you the $25. Uh, but in the best case, you could be saving five to twenty percent. Um, you know, if you can get a rate in RMB, that might be uh, a lot cheaper than what you might be paying in USD. All right. Uh, the next one is from Tony. Uh, what is Loop's current interest rates on lending? So Loop offers uh, a few lending products. They're they're not required you know to use to be part of our platform. You know, about ten percent of our customers. Uh, will use us to borrow money, but many of our customers just use us for accounts and payments and, and credit cards. Um, on our, our lending products, we offer something called uh, purchase order financing, which is where we'll finance you know, your purchase order um, when you're selling you know, uh, through wholesale channels. Uh, and the rates on our purchase order financing product range from 1.2 to 1.5% per month. All right, and we have one final comment uh, from Rad. Oh, just lost it. Just a second. Uh, Canada uh, should lower their postal charges. The shipping charges (laughs) are costly if you order through HSC Home Shopping Center in Canada. HSC asked us to lower our cost price, and we did not. So just, oh. I uh, I, I sent a bar of soap eight hours away, Sault Ste. Marie, and the charge from the the postal service was twenty three bucks for my soap. Who's going to buy a thirty three dollar bar of soap? It's crazy. Canada, it's impossible to if it's a lower lower dollar item, it's impossible to make any money. All right. And our last question is from MM. How does Loop compare to ping pong payments or transfer wise? I have accounts with both and would love to hear your thoughts on the difference. Yeah. Uh, I mean, in short, we do, there's a couple ways we're different. One is like we do a lot more than those companies. So, um, we are, you know, really a full service solution, uh, like Norm and I were talking about earlier, which is, you know, Loop does the accounts, accounts receivable, which is money coming in, accounts payable, which is money going out, currency exchange. Uh, and a whole bunch of things around integrations and team management. So the first thing is we actually have a, a much more diverse feature set. Like there's a lot more that you can do with Loop versus your know, more just kind of pay- payments um, businesses. So that's kind of the first way that we're different. Um, secondly, on fees, um, you know, th- those options are both better options than banks for sure. So you can definitely save um, with them versus banks, but Loop actually beats them uh, as well uh, when it comes to fees. So um, the, uh, the fees that I believe ping pong charges are around 1%. Um, so 1% instead of your kind of 2 to 4%. And, and transfer wise is about 0.8%. Um, loop is less than 0.5%. So you, that's kind of the delta. You can, you can kind of, we're very transparent about our fees. We actually have a, a page on our website. It's getloop.ca slash rates. Uh, if you want to compare our fees to other providers, uh, we actually show you in real time. Uh, what our currency exchange rates look like. And the other huge thing uh, is the credit card. Yeah. The credit card is uh, one big differentiator. Um, I, I know with Wise, I stopped using Wise a while ago. Maybe they have it now for Canada, but um, they had a, a debit card for the U.S., but they weren't offering it in Canada. 
Uh, but now a credit card uh, with loyalty points, that's, that's great. Yeah, no, I appreciate that for sure. No, thanks for bringing that up, Norm, because yeah, it is definitely a big, a big thing. And it's a, you know, it's a, it's a multi-currency credit card and it's, it's a business credit card as well. So that, you know, there's a, there's several benefits to that. Like we were talking about earlier uh, in terms of building business credit, higher credit limits, being able to spend in different currencies. So that's definitely a, a big reason that people will sign up to our product. So uh, I guess that's the last question from me, but how do people get a hold of you? Yeah. Um, so our website is uh, getloop.ca. Um, so go ahead and, and check us out. Uh, all the information about our products, our services, our pricing is all there. Uh, it's a free to sign up product. And then we have kind of premium packages, one, one of which we'll be giving away as a, as a giveaway today on the, on the show. Um, so check that out. And also, I'm always keen to connect with people. Um, you can find me on Twitter or LinkedIn uh, in most cases. So if anyone wants to connect with me directly, uh, you know, always, always like, like to make new uh, Amazon seller friends. <laughs> All right. Okay, Kelsey, let's have a, a word from our sponsor, then we'll get over to the uh, Wheel of Kelsey. All right, you got it. This episode of Lunch with Norm is sponsored by Rebate. Attention sellers and brand owners want to reach more shoppers and boost sales. Rebate's platform connects sellers with shoppers seeking great deals on new products. They make it easy to offer promotions, handle rebates, and ensure seamless redemptions. With countless reviews from satisfied customers, Rebate is the go-to solution to increase your sales. Visit Rebate.com today and start reaching more shoppers. Now let's get back to the show. All right. All right. And just some comments coming in. We got CoolHand99 saying, I love the idea of getting a quote in my supplier's currency. And uh, MM just said, wow, I'm going to reach out to Loop. Thanks so much for the info. And we got one more entry from MM. So let me just do that quickly. And all right, we're all set. Here is the Wheel of Kelsey. All right. It's time for the Wheel of Kelsey. So thank you, everyone, who entered today's Wheel of Kelsey. Let me just shuffle up these names. If you are the winner, please email me, k at lunchwithnorm.com, and we'll connect you with uh, Marina. Kata. And Marina. She is you go. from Mississauga. Oh, nice. Yeah, we'll be meeting her this weekend. All right. Always good to see Marina, too. So, Okay, congrats, Marina. Um, just send me your information. That's kate at lunchwithnorm.com, and we'll connect you with uh, Kato and the team. That's an awesome prize. So, all right. Okay, sir. Well, thank you very much for coming on. Um, you're going to be removed for a second, but if you want to stay, uh, stay back just for about a minute, and then uh, we'll talk a bit after the show. Sounds great. Thanks for having me today. Oh, it was a blast. Sorry, I wasn't uh, feeling the best, but uh, I think we got through that. I think we provided some good content. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> always fun talking about finances, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> All right. So thank you very much, everybody. Want more great information? Don't forget to subscribe by clicking here. Also, if you want to check out our latest podcast, click over here. Lunch with the lunch with the lunch with the lunch with the